dedicated for riffs. Welcome, dear listener, to Get It For Riffs, uh, the almost weekly uh, podcast about riffs. Yeah, lately less weekly, I guess. Uh, but the filler yeah. episodes, they still come in there, you know, and they are very, very, very easy to make, at least. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where they come from, actually. They just, like, pop up there on the website. Like, yeah. uh, one of us had done it, but I have no idea. I haven't done anything. Yeah, I mean, for full transparency, <laughs> that's also a way to just keep the name up there so that you see that the show is still on. And then if you find a five-minute incomprehensible episode, you don't have to listen to it, dear listener. But you yeah, might, I... you might. Yeah, you know, it's just five minutes. You might want to expand yeah. your mind. I don't know. You can mute it, and uh, you can play it, and right. then we make money. Right. We, we, uh, for full transparency, we haven't made any money. <laughs> no money. No money. We made some no, friends. Nobody. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You made a pair of headphones. I yeah. think that's uh, also pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. People running because they're Cause scared. scared. No, not too many people <laughs> running away out of fear, at least, you know. I guess it's at least a, a oh. cozy little zone here. And yeah, it's been harder to do it weekly. We've already been on it. We don't need to, uh, we don't need to repeat it. I did. Get my tooth pulled out uh, with anesthesia. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. had uh, Cliff Burton's bass line in my head, you know. You know, but it wasn't as Ooh. pleasant as, as this bass solo take one. Yeah, when you play that on the guitar, when you play that on your guitar, it, it, my molars started to ring. You know, it really, <laughs> it really was a pure uh, uh, teeth pain moment there. It was super yeah. nice. Yeah, no, it was way more painful than I thought. And then also the recovery has been like shit. But that's it. You know, I'm not gonna lean on that too heavily today. Uh, so I'm asking instead, how are you doing, Ole? How is Amsterdam? <sighs> it's uh, getting there. Uh, the spring that is. Um, it's uh, it's been a hectic few weeks. Uh, I also been ill, uh, you know that, and I also been working hard, uh, which is uh, nothing to uh, uh, be angry or sad about. Because like, if you have a job during the pandemic, uh, you shouldn't complain. So yeah. I'm super happy. Um, oh. Yeah, and uh, Hoyt is growing, uh, riffing a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, Hoyt is growing. I <laughs> guess you know, growing day Hoyt, by day. Uh, yeah, my son is growing. He's uh, lately what has been doing he he uh, <laughs> he woke up today uh, if you're listening in the future i, I may have to say that we're uh, we're recording on the sunday after the time shift uh, right. uh f- when we move time forward in the spring 
uh, for some reason for t- summertime. And uh, he woke up uh, old time 5.30, new time 6.30, so <laughs> it was okay. But then he runs and fetches his jacket and shoes and uh, <laughs> uh, Mössa and uh, Halstuk, and then he wants to go out immediately. Uh, it's still dark outside. Uh, he really loves going out, so um, yeah. But that's cool, though. He loves going out. Yeah. You should, al- al- you should always leave the house. Party animal. Day, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, twice, at least twice. Yeah. Uh, it's good, it's good. My uh, my nephew, he's not actually my nephew, but uh, Hannibal, right? Uh, yeah. He grows really quickly now. He's four now. He just turned four. And I saw him last mm. time on New Year's. It's only three months ago, about three months. And he was taller, you know, and looked... Uh, Looked meaner and leaner. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, developing quickly. Yeah. And now he's completely into pirates, which is great for me. You know, uh, That's I great. like that stuff too. I gave him a turtle also, a Donatello turtle for his birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he did, he did know about the turtles. You know, some things stay the uh, same, I guess. Exactly. Uh, oh, wow. I wonder, there is a guitar riff there, right? The turtle. Turtles Ooh, theme yeah. from the old that cartoon. Is mm. what is it? Uh, Better, uh, it's, it's very like the <laughs> driving eighth note. That's the hook. But how is that? Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> no. I don't know. I couldn't get it. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good riff, right? Yeah, uh, we'll we'll return to them uh, in the future. I know there's a, a certain Turtles uh, song from one of the video games that's a real killer. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I realize now surfing. making a Turtles riff special is not even a stretch. It's, it's easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's entirely possible. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's not for today. All right, right, man. No, what's up? What's up? What's up for today? Uh, I yeah. thought I'd start with an old, uh, old, new, old, old, new classic. Um, one of these riffs, you know? Well, you know, one of these riffs. One of these riffs. Yeah. So uh, enough, enough talking. Let's uh, just get it on. Yeah. Get on with it. Get it on. Let's just say.
something like that. Yeah. And then the falsetto was nice there. Yeah, I just had to jam a bit on it because it sounded yeah, nice. Exactly. It was uh, an F sharp, F sharp minor uh, stoner type thing, very warm and fuzzy, nice. A little bit dinosaur riffage. Yeah, exactly. And I, the, the, the verse... We never explained that term. It's an internal term, dinosaur riff. It's not dinosaur junior. It's uh, just a riff that sounds like a, a dinosaur walking, you know? Yeah, but this is an extremely dinosaur riff, but also the the caveman verse riff which is just one tone which yeah, goes like, sharp, yeah. like this like Is good that voodoo. What note, yeah. what note is that after the F sharp thing? And then, yeah, so like this. Yeah, we, we will start with the lesson. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, so we saw F sharp, of course. Uh, very, we're in E standard, and then we go jump down the ninth of uh, yeah, it, it is, uh, yeah, exactly. Also, F sharp. Uh, That's the nice one, the uh, eleven yeah. nine, yeah, 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 or uh, or four four two. They just repeat that and back to the seven, yeah, and, and then uh, uh, hammer on the five seven. Yeah. So, oh, so, uh, yeah, it makes me a little bit predictable. Also, I, I, dear listener, I still don't know what riff this is, but it's, it's a bit fun to stretch it. <laughs> but it makes it a bit predictable yeah. on my end because I really like that. And that's of course a Dorian touch to it because you're playing the yeah. uh, D major instead of D minor, even though yeah. it's F sharp minor in the bottom. So you get a bit of a Dorian well, vibe a, there. It's a cool riff. Really, really, really good. Yeah, riff. yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very pretty riff. Uh, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, for being so heavy, it has this Dorian flavor, as you say, which makes it like epic, and it right. has this epic uh, kind of childlike wonder in the lyrics. Also, I wanted to introduce uh, cool. the band like this. I think it's their, their most uh, the prolific uh, number. Uh, the song is "Sleepy Silver Door," and the band is Dead Meadow. Mm, Coming Dead up next Meadow. on Everything Music with Rick Beato. <laughs> The band is Dead Meadow. <laughs> yeah, Dead Meadow. I, that was not a big surprise. I instantly felt this kind of um, hipster stoner vibe coming in. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not yeah, saying exactly. that in a, in a ne- negative way. It's just it's, it's definitely no, a hipster it, stoner. You know, definitely. I mean, that's that's actually my whole like reason for bringing it up because it's um, yeah, uh, Dead Meadow. For those who don't know, it's uh, it's an American band from uh, Washington D.C. Mm. Uh, they have uh, their th- three-piece uh, power trio uh, with Jason Simon on uh, guitar and vocals, uh, Steve Kille on uh, bass, and Mark Laughlin, uh, right now at least, on drums. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they were at some at one point they, they came out uh, during this period when there was a lot of similar bands also gained traction. Yeah, like the guitar. Uh, was at like 2000 uh, beginning like 2000 2006 2008 I, I was in the middle of that movement too I was uh, uh, in Stockholm because I did all the stoner concerts at, at this exact yeah. time it was around 2010 exactly. perhaps yeah. and yeah. I also worked with bands directly that worked with uh, Dead Meadow as well during this time yeah. they went to record in a studio in uh, uh, California's desert uh, what's that place it's, it has a uh, ring, ring to it uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, where everyone Joshua goes. Tree. Joshua uh, Tree. Joshua Tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they went exactly. there and produced with him and everything. So th that band was around and everyone liked them in Stockholm. I liked them too. Uh, good band. You know, it's Just a yeah. solid uh, hipster, stoner, psych, uh, groove-oriented band. <laughs> I just wanted to put that yeah, in there. Yeah. Also, I bought an amp the other day. <laughs> I was going to use it today because it sounds so good on clean. And I bought that from a guy that knows uh, the Dead Metal guys. And that was like the day uh -huh. before yesterday. So yeah, uh, okay. Now we're here. Let's continue. <laughs> Why don't you continue? <laughs> no, that's all I have. You know, I just no, want to attach yeah. myself to to the story, and, and now let's no, go it's back good, to what good, really matters. Good, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, okay. So th this is uh, yeah. I mean, this is pretty early though. Two thousand one. Uh, okay, it's yeah, not even the first album, yeah, but before. it was their it was their first uh, big album. Uh, Dead Meadow, self titled, uh, with hits uh, such as Sleepy Silver Door. Uh, and I think this uh, Green Sky Green Lake which I was doodling with also I think that's a pretty nice one it's clean I think they do clean very well um, yeah. as opposed to many of these bands so I, I, that also leads me into another like trail of thought but um, uh, how is it Anyway, um, I think I think they they um, kind of position themselves. Of course, it's like stoner um, rock and some doom also, but it, it has this uh, laid backness which yeah. um, I really dig. And I, I think it uh, also make uh, it makes sense me liking stuff like uh, uh, Kurt yeah Kurt Weil uh, stuff like this, but also older folk uh, bands like Pentangle, Bert Jansch. Uh, this kind of stuff. It, it feels like it's more... Of course, the themes are more like... Uh, Dead Meadows themes, the, the songs are about Tolkien and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, mm -hmm. but it still it feels like they're, uh, they approach it from this kind of uh, world-building, uh, landscape-gazing uh, type of uh, uh, lyrics. You know, kind of not really describing exactly what's happening, but describing the scene where it happens. And I like that. It's... Uh, yeah. It's a more subtle way of doing uh, fantasy metal. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I like it too. Other bands that we know. I had a word that came to my mind when you play the clean part. Uh, that's really like for me the, the the selling point of the band makes it more interesting. And it's only one word, and it's uh, curious. To me, it sounds like curious music. Yeah. Because some stoner doesn't sound curious at all. Like they they're exploring nothing. They're just in this pentabox, and they just want to play loud. Exactly. Which is yeah, okay, I guess. But I like a curious mind sometimes. We do. We can do an example just of uh, what that might sound like. Exactly. <laughs> so again, my my old riff. It's a good example actually, of, because even back then yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. like it wasn't a curious exploration. It was just a riff. 
uh, very yeah. like I, I call it simple as said, right? <laughs> as simple as said. That's Speaks what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, that wasn't a curious exploration on my end. I did have other curious explorations at that time still. But uh, uh, it's nice when you hear this in a band that they're trying to go go somewhere. You know, it also is a, a bit of a testament to effort. I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think they kind of um, uh, they make they go and, and we can maybe um, uh, like similar similar bands at the, at the time. Uh, that came out was like Black Mountain uh, and uh, Wooden Ships, Radio Moscow, uh, Color Haze, Assemble Head in the Sunburst Sound. Uh, they kind of all have the same. They, they, they're very samey. I mean, they, 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 it feels like you can easily curate a, a festival uh, in Southern California from or like in the desert, like from this. And yep. it, it, nothing would stand out, but it would be... Uh, a nice laid back uh, groove, you know, yeah. constantly, it, and it, no one would be upset either. That's the thing; it's very, it's not very, uh, you know, controversial music. In right. any. It's just nice, pretty inviting. Uh, but it is, yeah, inviting exactly. And I think that um, uh, that was a, an unique selling point at the time. You know, you kind of, you kind of move away from. Uh, you, you don't want to be Limp Bizkit. You don't yeah. want to be uh, uh, new metal. You want to, uh, you know, go back to the roots yet again, you know, because we had the stoner movement in the 90s, but then that, uh, I think, disappeared because of new metal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the stoner stuff got it, it, heavier and meaner, you know, kind of, and the grunge stuff also, got heavier also. and meaner. So all of a sudden, it was not yeah. inviting, as you say. It was like, I was surprised here in 2001 because that's early for, for this particular wave. Yeah. Because as you say, it was more like... <laughs> you know, that's not inviting. <laughs> what band was that? <laughs> that was new metal, you know. So, so good. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I was thinking that was <laughs> like, uh, like you thinking of this because I like, I liked where you were going with this. Uh, that the stoner also got mean, you know, like the, the like mean stoner rock. Uh. Yeah, man, I, th that was also a point. But that was, that was my example. There was just what two thousand one would maybe have sounded like yeah. in my head. But yeah, stoner rock got a bit meaner, and not always for the better. You know, uh, it, uh, it really no. kind of all those nineties hard rocking genres. They kind of moved to that direction. All of them, including thrash metal, right? Every, everything was uh, supposed to go a bit yeah. more street, a bit more like uninviting. And losing these kind of landscapes and all that. Mm. I don't know. Uh, at least that that's the trajectory I see in 90s rock. Everything was becoming yeah. less inviting and more like a middle finger. In a sense. <laughs> I think that, that uh, also we're, we're in a time now when we're in the 2000s, like when uh, uh, music is exploding, of course, in different directions all the time. And But genre, I felt, I feel became uh, more and more important for people to like, because there were so many bands and everyone could be in a band. Like this, this is really the, uh, we're talking 2000s, it's the digital revolution, like finally, yep. like the, the home, home studio revolution that changes uh, music production forever, right? And, yep. and because there are so many bands and they're all interconnected and they're very similar, but still uh, the journalists, you know, to keep uh, uh, 
and this was very uh, obvious in these metal magazines that we read back in the days, like uh, Close Up, uh, that there were so many of these sub uh, sub genres of metal, uh, but also of, of stoner and doom, and, uh, sludge. I mean, and and yeah. like e- endless more more funeral doom, and, uh, revenge suicide doom. stoner, revenge do- <laughs> revenge stoner. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean, and yeah. and and uh, you know, like the, there was also um, yeah. Where, where where was I going with this? Um, all the no, different sub genres. It was all floating out, right, in the around the millennium. Yeah, and and, and I would say that the two thousands were the last time you know rock bands were important. You know, yeah. uh, the new rock bands that the 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 paper. You know, no one writes about rock bands like because they are. Uh, rock bands anymore no you know that that was really like you could you could have a, a career just being four dudes uh playing guitar drums bass uh singing yep that almost doesn't happen i can i can remember like you know the past few years greta van, van fleet you know that's greta van fleet that's yeah. like the only rock band and why did they come out yeah because they're you know they're just uh uh rehashing everything you know yeah, yeah. but it's basically led zeppelin we can talk about that another time maybe, no, they, i mean but, they are uh, like uh, bread you know they have been bred yeah. uh, because they are really really skilled players but there's like there's zero content in it obviously i would say yeah not being an expert yeah. on the greta van fleet but you know they're obviously annoying anyway <laughs> well just, i heard there no was a new song that popped uh, <laughs> there was a new song of theirs that popped up in my uh you know like uh uh, release radar on Spotify and I was like what what's this you know like and then you hear this the singing I think is the worst part of that band it's just like oof it's them mm-hmm. it's really like he's he's uh, sitting on the toilet you know when he's uh, recording obviously to Const- get that constipated uh, yeah but I, I think he sings very good but I, I'm annoyed by his persona like I, if I see him <laughs> oh, I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I actually I mean I'm not a violent guy but I instantly sort of want to hit him a little bit when I see him that's a bit punchable face syndrome, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, yeah, but then where I was going with this yeah. is, you know, like now uh, guitar and music is bigger than ever. But I think it's because, you know, and this, the, they're selling more guitars than ever before and uh, yep. uh, more people than ever know how to play guitar. And I think that uh, in a way, uh, genre as we know it is dead, um, I mean, it's it's just uh, too many uh, interconnections, uh, and it, it's too hard to uh, keep apart. You know, it's impossible. Sure. Uh, and I and I think that before, in, in as late as 2010, probably you could still start a band with the notion of we're we're a stoner band, and you could get gigs and sell albums. Sure, that little wave that I. Uh, uh, cut you off by saying that I was a part of it was very much a little yeah. wave but of course of course it wasn't of course. really it <laughs> wasn't really commercial you know it wasn't really commercial no. like very few of those bands could even go part-time job some of them could uh, some of them could yeah, go part-time I, and maybe the lead guy could go almost professional sure, but, within quotations but I remember I remember that uh, 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 Mike Amott of uh, Spiritual Beggars and uh, that other band uh, Arch Enemy yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ex Carcass. Uh, he he said in an interview that they were they were signed on a big label. All these three bands, 
and they made more money for the label uh, than like big artists. Uh, uh, like Britney Spears was on the same, you know, mother label, let's say. Yeah. And they still made more money for them because there were no costs, uh, virtually no cost, and they s- sold enough, you know, that they were still going, they were still worth having them on the label. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but now, I mean, now, I don't know, these bands, can they even sell records anymore? Or uh, they, I mean, they could print maybe Spotify. 200 vinyl and that bit. Yeah. Pretty much and, uh, it, it, and concerts, I guess not now, but even before now, it was uh, what's the word um, saturated, oversaturated with artists and bands wanting to play, and uh, less so with people wanting to see bands play. You know, already sure. before we got locked up because of COVID, a lot of people would rather stay home, put on YouTube, including myself. You know, there's a lot of good concerts on on YouTube. You can cook yourself a meal, you can sit down, you can drink your own beer from your fridge not go see the local stoner band so you know i i think it's it was never unfair uh, what they got back it was pretty much what they put in they got back in a sense uh, at least considering yeah. uh, the culture they they tried to move up move up in within yeah sure uh, but uh that was a tangent if i ever heard one yeah uh but it was interesting and it, it is interesting and maybe we'll still uh keep to that who knows i mean the, this just, uh, but it's of course it's impossible to describe the times you're living in. But I think we're finally able to look at the early 2000s, which I've been like very interested in because that was a time a lot of stuff happened. We had a band back yep. then, uh, but you know it, it was still impossible to know what was hip. It's always impossible to know when you're in it. Uh, talking for for myself, maybe, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, uh, but sometimes you feel you 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 dig in, you fall into a movement. Uh, you know, you you realize, oh yeah, this is what's going on. Uh, and I can I can I can say that uh, that metal, that that style of music, those those concerts, they were um, they were really popular uh, back back in the two thousands. Um, the baser, maybe you go to the baser and see a band like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, the baser, uh, the baser band. The baser yeah. was a club in Stockholm. I mean, uh, that's is it even there yet? Uh, still, I mean, okay, Strand uh, only. But yeah, there's another pa- tenant. Pandemic. So let's not get into the whole concert hall okay, thing okay, in okay, Stockholm. Okay. But yeah, there's right. one. There's one left. But there used to be three or even four at most. Uh, I think it's just one left now. But yeah, to just kind of conclude that point quicker than slow, it's uh, that culture. <laughs> I guess is not prominent anymore. The, the baser type culture. No. All right, uh, but I was uh, I, I was uh, I, I really liked that metal, and I liked their album "Old Growth" that came in two thousand eight. That's quite some time after the first uh, uh, one, and there was a song on there that I, I listen I, I listened to it over and over again. I, I thought it was so good. Uh, what needs must be, uh, and it's had this uh, very super simple uh, riff. Let's see see if I can do anything with it. Uh, really quiet. Let's see there. Right? Oh, there. Okay. So.
very simple. Um, Effective, yeah. Also on the F sharp, of course. You know, all good songs. I mean, when you're in doubt, go to F sharp. Yeah. Um, and I really, it's like only the, really the, the, um, the chord there that goes over and over again and then there's a bass line underneath that's just like boom, 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 And that's just really oof, super groovy. Uh, and they, they got that down, you know, there, there is a dynamic uh, all over their songs, I think. Uh, it's very interesting to listen to. Uh, and a, a nice evolution 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 for Stoner Rock, I think. Um yeah, to to bring in this dynamic and they, and they're you know they're coming from different you know they're not just musicians uh, um, and uh, oh yeah I don't know they yeah, I just want there there is this uh, bigger uh, they they were also like featured on uh, big TV shows I remember that like in the uh, early episode of uh, the Sopranos. Uh, Tony Soprano hears this like super loud music coming from his son's room, and he go- goes in, and it is the you know the he's like, what is this? What is this? What is this crap? <laughs> it's that meadow, Dad. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and I think they got uh, one of the kids, either him or the sister. Has a Ulver poster also in her room, his or her room. Nattens Madrigal. Yeah. There's a oh, very, wow. very true black metal Norwegian thingy with a yeah. wolf on. So I think they had good researchers or something. Hip hip guys researching. Yeah. Well, there, there, is, a, there, there, there is a connection because uh, uh, the singer, uh, guitarist uh, Jason Simon, he's the nephew of david simon who is the creator of the wire for instance this oh. big tv series that was really good and he made all the and and they're also featured in the wire in one of the episodes and you know i think he got them into this uh uh is tv series soundtrack it's like you know like and that's really where you want to be yes this uh as this kind of band i mean your song will be heard not you know like in the reruns during the release of the dvds you know like it's really it's really great to have a song featured on the, on a tv show especially in this time i think yeah um lots of royalties yeah and I, but i think that the, kind of this um uh i mean you have to be lucky like that to to have a relative who can get you a place but uh uh otherwise i think that they they were just a hard working band and they they could in the beginning, they couldn't even afford to tour. So, you know, they, uh, uh, John Peel of BBC, he does all these Peel sessions. Maybe you heard of them. Uh, the special recordings that everyone just want to, want to do. And they, they couldn't afford to go to London. So they, they had to record it themselves and send the tape. And that's the only time that ever happened. That's <laughs> how, you know, poor they were. Yeah. Uh, but we saw them in, uh, on, at, um, the baser, so I think at some point uh, <laughs> it went better. I mean, and it's kind of, kind of, I kind of said all I wanted to say really about them. I mean, they, they kind of, uh, I don't know how it's going right now. It's, uh, I think uh, they make albums, but it kind of went uh, into the zenith when they made this uh, feature film uh, about themselves walking around playing music. It's kind of a, 
uh, concert film, but with with some you know in between stuff. Mm-hmm. So it feels very you know 2010 to do this. Uh, uh, sure, kind of you know like like the the Beatles wanted to make uh, the Beatles Beatles and Led Zeppelin wanted to make uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, they wanted to make that movie, and both of them were denied, even though Led Zeppelin did record some stuff. Uh, that uh, that you can see, but uh, the, you know, but these guys they were like, oh, we're gonna do that also. So they walk around like they're the hobbits and uh, go into uh, Isengard or Mordor or whatever. I mean, it's it's already there. I lost interest. I think. I mean, yeah. I, I think this it's uh, uh, it's not enough. You know, like there, there's not enough there. You know, the the character. I don't know if they're. They're charismatic enough to lift that stuff up. I think they get, uh, make great music, but more than that, I don't know. Maybe the problem is that it's safe, as we talked about before. When they play live, no one is going to be that, you know, that appalled by it, or you know, it's not, it's not really pushing yeah. many boundaries. It is still curious, uh, like I said before, and kind of gentle and, and it's nice music. But uh, maybe it lacks the, the, it's not provoking enough, maybe. To stay interested, you know, because uh, at least for me, I like to listen to music and sometimes be like, oh, what was that? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so we could yeah. move on, I guess. Uh, do you have more, um, more to wrap things up on your end? <laughs> no, I, I was happy that you uh, knew so much about them. I mean, and, and, and I think that uh, what I really wanted to talk about was that, you know, they, they do this, uh, and I got lost there uh, a bit. With uh, and I, with like they're they're not just musicians, but I think they think they come from different. Uh, I don't know so much about this band. They just have, have the feeling that they're not. They don't come from metal. They come. Mm. I, they could be art school students somehow, or like Definitely. television. <laughs> they went to television, a film school or something. Even copyright because uh, there is no. this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, something there is like this uh, inherent dynamic and a bit. Uh, well, a bit drama and uh, you know nice influences like uh, H.P. Lovecraft nothing to scoff off scoff at like the song Sleepy Silver Door which is uh, based on a uh, novel by him and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft uh, also a good band from the 70s might uh, return there but he was this um, uh, gothic author uh, that wrote about uh, Cthulhu which also of course inspired Metallica and uh, numerous many. other bands many many others yeah. all all bands <laughs> were cool. somehow influenced. i didn't know yeah. that led zeppelin tried to make lord of the rings actually that's news to me and him the beatles but i guess somehow it makes sense you know when they get all that, yeah. all those resources when they have that much money and they're like what, what do we what would be awesome what would we want to see yeah the film version of lord of the rings something like that you know yeah i mean the uh i think i think that uh uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien he hated rock and roll for sure he oh, really, sure, he really thought it was ter- he really thought it was terrible uh, <laughs> uh, no but there, there is a, there is a, I remember that there's a Led Zeppelin live uh, concert where they uh, where they made some short uh, shots of the band members you know uh, playing Gandalf or whatever uh, I don't think it's very good, but uh, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> but the Led- I think the, the Beatles were, you know, they were really far. They really started making uh, the ideas who would play who, and they went to procure the rights. And uh, yeah, it, Tolkien was like, no, 
It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. I don't want that. And uh, I, I can, I can see. You know, like it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you have you have to be careful with your IP, right? Probably you stay relevant. Also, I think JRL token. He had the questionable racial views, right? So I think uh, you know, <laughs> not going <laughs> to go into that rabbit hole, but I think that could have part with him <laughs> loathing rock and roll. Just a thought. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. We'll we'll return to that rabbit hole, I yeah, think, when yeah. we read up about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I think the closest Robert maybe. Plant got, that was when he was in uh, Brian Johnson's very cozy, serious, uh, Brian Johnson's life on the road. When Robert Plant, he, he rocked up in this white robe with a sword uh, in, in the Welsh countryside. Ah, and at the very nice. end of that episode is a beautiful shot of uh, Robert Plant and uh, Brian Johnson sharing some bromance on... At the, on a beach with sunset and lifting the sword up to the sky. <laughs> like silhouettes, you know. <laughs> it's, nice. it's, it's great. So, but, uh, uh, how, much, uh, how much shorter is Brian Johnson in that uh, silhouette? It looks like half. He's extremely short. Yeah, halfway, he's halfway there. Brian Johnson is my new, my new idol, I think. Uh, I mean, I watched uh, so, so many uh, interviews with him the past week <laughs> because I think, I think he's so... Uh, he's such a great person. Yeah, when he, when he turns uh, up. Uh, yeah, me boy, it. me boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this when he, when he writes, uh, uh, shook me all night long, and uh, Malcolm com- comes the day after, like, you wrote a song about cars? <laughs> yeah, you know, like cars like women, like, I, well, well, I like it, mate. <laughs> cars? <laughs> uh, cars? You wrote a song about cars? <laughs> 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 They're funny too. Wow, ACDC, ACDC. Well, have we have we had an ACDC song? No, it's been on my list okay. forever, actually. But that could be a special, yeah. or we could do like land on them first and then return to them as a special. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I wanted to do it, and I, I looked it up also. But a lot of it is like double, uh, you know, track guitar, like two guitar parts. Yeah, almost uh, the whole, them. almost the whole band is necessary to really Which, get the the weight yeah, of it. But. Which is amazing, but uh, yeah, so we have to figure out how to do it. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I really liked your uh, what you did the other week with uh, just putting down needle on the vinyl. Yeah, uh, be, being a bit uh, like hoping that I would know all those riffs, and I did. So yeah. <laughs> that was a good. Uh, yeah. All right. So I'll fun. play just uh, play this riff one more time, and then uh, sure. I think it's time to move on. to move uh, has some connections to some things we've been talking about at least um, during this episode and uh, it's also a little bit about rock rebranding this one we're landing uh, as far as studio album career goes 10 years into the band but I think most people wouldn't know that it's as much as 10 years into the band maybe because of the rebranding who knows so let's see if you can catch Uh. the riff okay 
You know it? <laughs> There were so many things flying through my head. And I was thinking uh, Aerosmith. I was thinking uh, Guns N' Roses. But then they haven't been uh, rebranded. I would, well, maybe. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, I was like, okay, this could really f feature a rap from uh, Run DMC somewhere in the middle. Right. But I'm not 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 sure that the, that I'm right. I don't think so. Musically, it's uh, you're very close, I think, and musically and maybe okay. even timeline wise, there's another really cool riff in in the kind of uh, bridge section or stick yep. section when the song goes well, away. I know, I know, I recognize, I recognize the riff though. I recognize it. Uh, it's just I can't place it. Oh, uh, the other one yeah. is also a cool riff. There is kind of stop riff, a bit symphonic with strings on top of it. Goes like. Like that, but I'm oh, not yeah, yeah. 100% okay. sure if this is within your references, and I think you've already gone very close in your guess. But a fair okay. chance at one last guess, I guess. Okay, can you sing a little bit from this song, from the lyrics? Mm. Or does that give away everything? Does very, it matter? It's super hard to sing, actually. It's really hard. It's okay, okay. In, this, in the beginning, it is like kind of this Black Dog Led Zeppelin type rap thing. Uh, when that goes around this. And then it just stops on F sharp. Like, no, 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 I'm going to make you groove. But that wasn't the song I'm yeah. playing. That was Black Dog. <laughs> But it's very well, that's why I felt uh, felt like okay, this could be a Guns N' Roses riff, also. You yeah. know, it's kind of uh, oh. the same type of chunky, meaty, non-vegan riff, uh, non -vegan that, riff. You, <laughs> that you can't can't order online. You have to go to a barbecue in a salty swamp somewhere. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, I, uh, okay. I'm not gonna guess. I'm not gonna guess anymore. Uh, yeah, you so have you're really me. on the on the on the track. I would say this is from okay. 1987. So it's right around mm -hmm. the time, just before or when Guns N' Roses were founded. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. A couple of bands around then. You have the hair metal bands. Yeah. You have Whitesnake. Uh, you have... It's Whitesnake. Uh, it's Whitesnake. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's okay. Whitesnake. Yeah. That's... Uh, so you got really close. Right. The album is also entitled 1987, you know, yeah. which is a Van Halen move for sure. And yeah, it, it features John Sykes on guitar, this uh, kind of prodigy super guitarist who was also in uh, on the last album yeah. with Tin Lizzy, Thunder and Lightning. Okay. And he uh, was super, oh, yeah, super yeah, yeah, yeah. from another yeah. band too, but now it, the name escapes me. But anyway, White Snake, also stuff with Phil Lynott, uh, John Sykes. And he has this very saturated, super fat tone that is it's too fat for my taste. Like I, I get like a bit, little bit <laughs> nauseated by it, but it's very good. Um, playing <laughs> playing wise you know and some songs including this one is called still of the night it's a very good song ah, um, yeah and then you have is this love also a good one and i have this album on cd oh you do okay it's great it's great yeah uh, i got it on vinyl here but uh, it's a really good album but i think the, the debut called white space snake David Coverdale's White Snake. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's even uh, <laughs> that's ten, great. It's, it's ten hard years to get prior to get from 1977, you know, and it's a uh, it's a way different style. Yeah, it's hard to find. Yeah, it's not on Spotify, you know. 
And if, if you listen to a little bit of uh, Lady here, you can hear like a band that is harder to recognize. If you only know White Snake for, for the hair metal style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Pretty much pure southern rock, boogie rock type thing. Yeah, it's just like it's almost like uh, Ike and Tina Turner. Not push the limits. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I mean, it, it's this uh, screamer type uh, music. You know, when he was a screamer, uh, yeah. David Coverdale. Uh, and I think I think we're I I, I want to hear where you're going with this rebranding because I, I kind of get it but I don't know exactly yeah. what you're pointing at. Is it the riffs or is it the the whole type of music or is it the hair style? Yeah, I guess that's also what I wanted to find out through the discussion. But uh, definitely, yeah. you still have that southern rock twangy thing, even though it's hidden in all the distortion, you know. <laughs> It has that still, but they've, they've put another packaging onto it. And uh, obviously this was super successful as well. So it's it's a bit of a, I wouldn't call it a sellout move, but it's a super market-oriented move to think like David Coverdale is a good-looking singer. And uh, what's on right now is this rowdy sex rock type thing. And it's already yeah. that's already what he did in the early days, lyric-wise, quite often. But now they bring in the full package, you know, with the blonde hair, hairspray. A complete rebranding of White Snake into what everyone thinks is White Snake today, right? Exactly. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the rebranding of it. But it could be discussed in terms of other bands like In Flames or Metallica or things like this. Yeah. But uh, usually, this happens a bit into the career, and it's a m- more of a watershed type dividing situation yeah. between old and well, new fans. But this feels like the career started ten years in. When they did the rebranding, that's when they really hit it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he did get some traction from being the singer of uh, Deep Purple as well. Yeah. You know, like does he? But was that before his 1977? Yeah, uh, exactly. This uh, that was right yeah. before that when he he was on uh, Burn and he was on Stormbringer and uh, Come Taste well, the Band. Well, I I would I would argue that uh, that uh, Tina Turner is a very good uh, analogy. Like the, it's the same his uh, same story. I mean, she uh, was a re- re- got really famous with uh, her husband Ike, and they they did this uh, rock and roll screamer type James James Brown, uh, but uh, a woman instead. Yeah. Uh, this kind of you know kind of uh, rowdy bar type music. Um, which was really fun, and then uh, like uh, her story is quite sad. Uh, Ike uh, Turner was a very violent man, and uh, took a lot of cocaine, and uh, was uh, in prison, and uh, had uh, uh, beaten her, and you know like uh, always um, tried to make her feel bad about herself, and she had no, um, uh, she lost all her uh, self uh, esteem. But then in the 80s, she got this new uh, surprise career, like also rebranding, with these huge albums, uh, 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 you know, Simply the Best. Mm. 
that's good. Do all the rest you know like and it's very it's it's kind of the same music uh, as uh, white snake here i go again on my, my own, own. Yeah. <laughs> that one was remade and, and that, remade for the 97 album you could add yeah and yeah it's that, funny that's, too the that, old version, version is with the uh, ian pace and john lord from deep purple they're on the original yeah. it's way more earthy rooted you know within the acoustic mm. sounds, and then they just completely refurnished it into this yeah. ha- hair metal supremacy. But I, I prefer the old version, but I think the funniest thing of all <laughs> is what the producer did with the lyrics. Do you know this? Uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, it's like a hobo in the yeah. original and a drifter in the new right. one, because it sa- almost sounded like he sang homo. Oh, I is think. that why? That could be the reason. I yeah, never, I never heard the reason, but I always felt that hobo sounds very silly in the context. You know, drifter, no, it's, drifter it's, sounds it's, sexy. It's, you know, a sexy it's, drifter, uh, but a hobo is just you know carrying all his stuff in a in a sack on a stick. You know, like, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, but was it but, was an early no homo commentary? I think okay, well, uh, from okay. the producer. Yeah, that's yeah. boring, though. I prefer that the that the student that the producer would just be like it's not <laughs> it's not stylish with hobo. It's more stylish with a sexy drifter. It's more eighties. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, oh, yeah, okay. Hobo is uh, funny, you know, but the truth be told, uh, from what I've seen from David Coverdale, he's re- he really is more of this cozy hobo type character. He's not really a yeah. a womanizer. Of course, he's beautiful rock star, so he's a womanizer, but he's not that kind of, he's not really a sleazeball. Uh, he's, he comes off as this gentleman type character, or very soft spoken and, you know, yeah, like a nice hobo, a well-washed hobo, <laughs> I think. Uh, but yeah, the rebranding, super successful, millions of albums sold, huge name, and really spearheading the sound, right? Because you name-dropped Guns N' Roses now, and they came in yeah. ra- right after this with this world hit, you know, this massive hit of an album in 1989. So yeah, this is where rock was going. Yeah. It definitely. Is. Uh, 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 and, uh, but I want to stick a little bit, uh, <laughs> not necessarily on, on Tina Turner, but this... Um, no, do, do. Uh, rebranding and this kind of uh, and I, I was reading about this morning actually I found a very nice article about survive, survivors you know the survivors of rock like you imagine all the six uh, bands in the 60s uh, and they didn't know that they might uh, continue playing until now like the Rolling Stones uh, uh, Paul McCartney uh, bands that still exist Eric Clapton is still there yeah. Bob Dylan you know, still alive. and But in the 80s, you know, they must have been so surprised that they were still, you know, playing. Like, it, it, you you look at them, like, how they changed. Uh, you, now you could see, like, the, how they changed with the times. Like, Bob Dylan started off kind of clean cut with an acoustic guitar, and he kind of went uh, all scruffy looking and even added, like, corpse paint. And in the 80s, he's like, uh, he went to the gym he got to like a, a shirt with the arms ripped off, and he's like lo- looks totally lost <laughs> in a way. And, and Eric Clapton also like this scruffy bearded guy in the sixties and seventies uh, gets these glasses and looks like a, a math teacher or something. Yeah, yeah, or dad. You know, they 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 get into this. Uh, uh, you know, they they get the dad bod or like the now it's time to work out uh, type of situation. Uh, which is interesting, and, and I think the similar thing happened with uh, Tina Turner. Uh, 
but this thing when you kind of notice that oh wow I, I survived you know I survived I survived past 27 yeah uh, and how do I stay relevant and I think the 80s were like if, if you kind of timed that with being big in the 60s you got into the 80s and all of a sudden you know like uh, Paul McCartney has hairspray uh, like, and the mullet and the, and the, and the Armani uh, jacket with the uh, uh, shoulder pads, you know, like uh, just look at Led Zeppelin, or yeah, why not <laughs> even Black Sabbath in the uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, the, the big Star. concert, you know? Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah, the big concert, uh, Live Aid. <laughs> Live Aid. You know, look at all these uh, survivors right. uh, still there. Okay, but it's, so you get you get what I mean, right? This yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of rebranding because of necessity, because you survived too long, you outlived, you out- outstayed your welcome, but people still want you, you know. Like the sure. you might you might think of the eighties as like Madonna and uh, REM and uh, Prince or whatever, you know. But it was still like the big bands were the sixties artists that just kind of and uh, seventies that mo- that rebranded and kind of became. Uh, Look at Robert Plant, yeah. what he was making in the 80s. That's yes, very true. And I think it's a good point because I think in the case of Coverdale, he was not really, he didn't have to wake up one morning with a dad bod and start working on it. I think he was more of a natural and then the right management found him. You know, like this guy, we don't even need to work on him. He's like a complete hair metal idol already. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> you know? That's the impression I get at least. You know, I don't know him personally, obviously, but he feels like a very natural type cat you know when he joined Deep Purple he was out singing blue stuff on bars and they saw him he was like 20 at the time <laughs> and uh, you know he was just he just, one of those guys that could sing naturally and really sounded good and if you look at the speaking of Sabbath uh, the, the rainbow stage what is it called the California Jam in uh, yeah in 74 if you look at Coverdale there he's never been abroad before and he's standing in front of quarter of a million people or something like that with a coke in his hand, and it goes up to the mic, and it's like, a fly is flying into my mouth. You know? <laughs> he's so relaxed. You know? He's not faced by the situation. And sings really well, of course. But also, I mean, he could have been abused being with those guys, because that was also like a steady flow of cocaine and uh, uh, questionable behavior and violence, you know? So he could be a survivor still, but he just kept his... He's kept his face on all this time, and including today, you know, when he sends his, like, uh, Christmas greetings, and he's just with his perfect English accent, and, (laughs) you know, it's just something invincible about this guy that really, like, uh, quite inspiring in a sense. He's kind of a he-man of rock. Yeah, I mean, I think think there was also this this thing that he, he, um, in the 70s, I mean, he was quite old already in, yeah. the, in the 80s, right? Yeah, he was old. Uh, he had this uh, perfect 70s style with his dark hair and like uh, a beard going on here and there. And then, you know, he kind of realized he wanted to... Uh, I, th- I think he didn't want to go all blonde, but it, it was an accident as uh, as it happens or as he, as he tells it that uh, I think it was for some shoot or for some video with White Snake, uh, they they were gonna just put some uh, you know I don't know highlights of uh, of uh, uh, yellow or blonde, and then it just all turned uh, super uh, platina or something yeah. like this, and he, he stuck with it. 
uh, throughout the 80s and still, you know, still colors his hair. It became his look. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, and I, I'm looking at pictures of him now. He looks like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. Uh, he, he has so many surgeon. lift. Uh, yeah, he looks like he has. Uh, he went to the plastic surgeons once a week uh, <laughs> in the nineties. He was. He was trading. Yeah. Uh, he was like taking turns together with Sharon Osbourne. When she was done, he came in. Exactly, and they, they mixed them up. I think uh, at some point could have happened. <laughs> could have happened. Look, a lot of work well, has been done there good. for sure. A lot of facelifting, Botox, and whatnot. But somehow, still, I get the vibe that it doesn't face him too much. You know, he's just really comfortable with this rock star uh, role that he was put in very early on and has stayed within since. Yeah, somehow. But back to the riff, actually. I'm All a right, bit sure. curious. This, uh, this. Uh, uh. I don't know how yeah, it went. It's a lot of uh, pull nice. for the... Was the end then there? It's just an A minor kind of run there. A minor but with the F sharp in it, so... Yeah. It makes it a little bit different in vibe, more classic rock or southern rock oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the pause riffs. Uh, you know, it's basically a, a snippet of immigrant song thrown into the riff. Exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then that modulates up to E afterwards. So like, uh, which is quite strong. I like that they changed the rhythm a bit. It's no longer immigrant song, uh, but it's kind of the chorus or. Um, hook of the and then the uh, to the still of the night and yeah. lyrically <laughs> I mean lyrically it's just the same as all of the songs on this album it's just about some guy in the middle of the night uh, looking for a booty call yeah exactly it, it, it is and, 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 and it, it is kind of uh, surface uh, yeah everything about the, this uh, this band the especially okay. especially 87 I think is really going yeah. surface but also, it's just his style also, even with the blues stuff he did in the beginning, it's always like, you know, women trouble songs or uh, maybe success stories as well. But, you know, mo- mostly this kind of, and also this restart thing that he's always into. He's always on the road. He's always like this drifter who was born to walk alone or hobo, you know. Yeah. It's very typical and that makes it surface. But I'm, I'm not sure if it's surface in the sense that he tries to, to stay in that or that he's just... That's where he is. It and that's where he is at. You know, that's his. Uh, mm. That's his ver- version of rock. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, he could have been a trailblazer if he would have sung uh, like a homo. Yeah. Uh, back in '87, that would have been really cool. Yeah. I think. But are uh, they <laughs> are they really born to walk alone though? Hobos? No, homos. Well, I, ho- I hope I hope not. I mean. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. have to the the, the, the producer was like, okay if you're gonna sing Homo we have to do the rest I mean it must be a happy ending it's like, yeah. come on come on, come on. Homo was really, born yeah. to find his soulmate and walk together through life great song you can end it right there you don't have to sing anymore yeah. it's perfect uh, okay so uh, yeah I was just glancing at Love Hunter from 1979 oh. uh, the cover of that 
Love Hunter. But it's okay. This White Snake. I don't know this. Uh, yeah, the White Snake uh, logo and uh, uh, yeah, this whole idea. I mean, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I mean, uh, probably, uh, yeah. A journalist asked him, "Is White Snake named after your penis?" And his reply was, "Oh yeah, absolutely." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you know the album titles, the one before this one, slide it in. Yeah. This yeah. uh, it's sexual I mean, innuendo to the point of not even being sexual innuendo anymore. You know. No, exactly. I mean, it, this is the eighties, after all. I mean, they were just straightforward. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, you can't. You should. You can't, and you shouldn't take it too seriously. I think. Probably not. And I don't think. I, people didn't right back in the day. It was just party music, very I, uh, stupid party music. I think so too. Yeah, I think people didn't really. Uh, I mean, some were provoked. Some are always going to be provoked, but overall, I don't think it was. It was not really a political issue in that way. I don't think. Well, and uh, yeah, other musicians in the band on this album, I'm not familiar with uh, Ainsley Dunbar and Neil Murray on bass and drums, but uh, they have had some of my favorite drummers in the band yeah uh, people like uh, yeah. vivian campbell has been in there no that's a guitarist he plays a guitar solo on uh, uh, who we were thinking about i was thinking to- about this. tommy aldridge tommy aldridge tommy aldridge yeah uh, awesome yeah. looking guy you know he looks like sideshow bob exactly <laughs> from the simpsons <laughs> yeah exactly yeah precisely i mean he looks like a skull that could still grow hair yeah. and he just borrowed borrowed the face yeah, uh, but he's extremely good uh, drummer and he, he looked that way in the 80s also he was all born old Born old, yeah, and he looks the same kind of now. Yeah, no, he hasn't changed at all. No. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do you know any other riffs from uh, White Snake? Uh, not really. I I picked them up a bit last second, so I, I could could I could go in after the fact and maybe add is this love or something. It's a really good clean part. Uh, I don't know it, and then uh, of course that symphonic part in the middle is nice, to, um, which sounds a lot like. Fear of the Dark era Maiden, 90s Maiden. It's very dramatic and nicely orchestrated, that part I think is the best the best part of the album. And the album as a whole, again, for me it's a bit too much, I can't listen to the whole thing. But if I take a song here and there, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Sure. And it's, it has its part in, in rock history. I think I like this. Uh, I like the videos, you know, like the, all the hair metal band videos. Uh, they're really fun because they're they're so stupid. And this, I mean, it's maybe the worst uh, <laughs> of all of them. Uh, oh, the here I go again uh, video. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it just girl has, on the car, has it right, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's thing like David Coverdale is sexier than the girl. You know, like it's really about this you know kind of checking all uh yeah he how is, do you say he, he's uh, checking all the boxes yeah, checking all the boxes you know that it, it's really kind of impressive that they got this old uh, english gentleman to become the sex idol yeah uh, sex idol in the 80s <laughs> i have to see how, how old he really was though because i don't think he was that old uh, okay yeah he was old <laughs> he's born 51 <laughs> yeah yes, right so he was 36 Okay, but younger than me. <laughs> yes, but I mean, still though, thirty-six. Uh, like he's, he's as old as my dad, and my dad yeah. actually, my dad in eighty-seven was still though. He could have been, not musically, but looking wise, he could have been uh, sold. 
That's a yeah, that's that, a good looking man. So no, he's not that old, you know, thirty six, but also nice. kind of pushing it. Like I remember uh, oh. the nineteen eighty four album uh, "Perfect Strangers" by Deep Purple. The press really approached it like these guys. What, what are these oldest doing on the stage still? <laughs> and at that time, Ian Gillan was thirty nine, so he's he is pretty old. You know, he's up there in uh, yeah. Paul McCartney age, but also thirty nine. It's today thirty nine is nothing. Yeah, but that, that's the, that's the thing, you know. Like back then, you didn't know that you were gonna pl- be playing forever. You had you had no idea, and I think that's interesting, you know. Like you you, you just went for it, and that just the the idea that Keith Richards is still alive it baffles me. Uh, that Ozzy yeah. Osbourne is still alive. Yeah, that's insane. It's crazy, and they're still like planning tours. It's just uh, yeah. You got crazy. Rob, Rob that, for them, t- turning seventy. He's still very much alive. Yeah, no, but for them, it's probably the most surprising. They're they're very surprised about it. Uh, happily surprised, I hope. Yeah. Uh, but then looking back, you can, you can look like your career as a uh, as a survivor. That that part of your career is longer than like when you wrote all your songs, and you're uh, basically a, a revival act or you know like a, a nostalgia act. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, I like that about ACDC again. They still uh, go hard with writing new albums and they want to play the songs from, or at least a couple of songs yeah. uh, from those albums. The new album uh, was, to stay- was scarily well done. It really sounds close to Back in Black. Uh, people say yeah. this when you know when Black Sabbath came with 13. Some said sounds like the, exactly like the old guys, the old ones. <sighs> it didn't. But, <sighs> but when you look at this one... Blasphemy. Uh, power Blasphemy. Up, power Up sounds like Back in Black. It really yeah. does. It's it's weird, but it's cool. Good album. We have to do uh, we have to do some AZDZ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dear listeners, we have some specials. I think in our minds. I think I want to do more specials, uh, especially if we yeah. have especially if we have a, a week gap. It's good to come in with a special after that. Gives a little bit more time to to finish it up. To depends. I don't know how things are going to look in terms of scheduling, but uh, idea wise, uh, there are plenty of good specials ahead. I think. I really want to do I think some we're almost, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we're almost coming up uh, on a year of getting it for riffs. Yeah, this uh, is which episode is 50. Crazy. Is this episode 50? Yeah. 52, that makes a year, right? It, it's kind of, but we, we've released multiple episodes sometimes. I think we released the first one in the middle of May. So there's still oh, a yeah, couple yeah. of months until we burn an actual year. But uh, yeah, this is okay. episode 50. That's cool. Also. Damn. 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 And some specials. All right. Uh, oh yeah, but we we got some specials. We got some riffs. We got some talks. Uh, today yeah. I think we did pretty okay. Uh, interesting to uh, bring in some Dead Meadow and some White Snake. Yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe if you don't have anything to add on that, uh, I would love to hear your riff again. Yeah. Um, let's finish up White Snake. And I was just wanted to add that I think it was uh, nice to land on these two bands for a general discussion about rock. Because it's always fun to talk about <laughs> rock and what's happening with yeah. rock. Did it die in '69 or '79, or is it dead today? Or you know, how yeah. many times has it died and re arose? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's fun stuff. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. Okay. Still of the night. Screams in the still of the night. 
Nice. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, John, for bringing in some wet sneak. Thank you, Ole. Uh, fun. It would be a fun uh, mashup too, I think. The, the photo, the picture. <laughs> I was thinking about how to try to mash up these two riffs. <laughs> oh, oh like that's the, really uh, hard, right? I, I'm not going to yeah. try. Uh, All right. Yeah. No, yeah, that worked. Sometimes <laughs> it just works, right? Alright. Sometimes right. it just works. And that's where we're signing right. off today. Uh thanks all. Alright, good fun. Thank See you, you John. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>